I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. And I was like, wait, we're Jewish. <laughs> My standards are higher than I am. Uh into that you guys Mary Jewish it's Andy's girls it's episode I literally have no idea uh, and I'm so excited to have a return guest who we had a little side conversation about some stuff we're gonna talk about and I was like ma'am come on this fucking pod so we can deep dive this shit you know her as writer producer host of the podcast Pot Psychology and owner of Pipe Dreams.fun. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Tracy Morrissey. Tracy, how are we? Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Um, I'm excited. I'm rested. Mm. Um, and that's that. I have no children, no family, no nothing here to bother me. It's been a very <laughs> <laughs> peaceful boxing day for me. So where is the kiddo? I saw your Instagram stories from Christmas. You guys look so happy. What's oh, yeah. going She's on? She's visiting her grandparents. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It's the one week out of the year I pay. I play um, video games on my Xbox, but I haven't done it yet. But I think maybe today that's what I'm going to do. Wait, you literally don't do it any other day but today? Um, No, like this week. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> when she's gone, but because like, but I, I don't know if I will though, um, just because I'm so busy. But like, yeah. And I always feel guilty when I play video games. But I fucking I love Red Dead Redemption too. I would love to like go see what they've added online. Uh, maybe there's more hunting. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Well, I have to say I haven't played video games since like Duck Hunt was a thing. But um, why do you feel guilty playing? You should play. You should do whatever the fuck you want whenever. I just feel like there's always something, something to be to done do. around the mm -hmm. house. Like I could be mm -hmm. folding laundry or I could be editing something or doing something. But, you know, well, I'm just I'm going to I'm going to let that go this week. And I'm yeah. just going to I'm going to just do it. So what else happens when it's mommy rum springa or whatever the fuck yeah. it's called? What else do you do? You do video games. You're chilling. Yeah. And that's it. I'm loving hanging out by my tree. Uh, just enjoying my own decorations. <laughs> my own Christmas village. Uh, I love the sound that my Christmas village ice skaters make because it's like this oh. old ass motor. It's like. But it's so soothing to me. It's like white noise. <laughs> Wait, do they move? Is it like electric yeah. or electronic? Yeah, they skate. Yeah. It's like a magnet. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I think my grandparents had that. I remember like a whole setup. It was very, very pretty. Yeah, it's a big, I do a big deal thing um, with my Christmas village. I mean, I have to say there's nothing quite like Christmas decorations. And your tree in particular is Stunning. It's oh, so pretty. I literally can't get over it. It is a gorgeous. Is that something that you are you one of those people that like designs it or is it whatever no. happens, happens, go with chaos. the flow? Christmas chaos. chaos. I collect ornaments from like whenever I go somewhere. Mm. Um, so I just have ornaments from all over. Uh, I started I've been so into collecting Christmas stuff like like as like a dork since I was like 15 or 16. 
So this, no, that's it's my so thing. sweet. <laughs> I have a mini tree in my room. My dream is to one day like have a tree in every room, like a theme yes. tree. <laughs> Not that I have the space in New York. Well, I mean, I feel like I've seen people with multiple room trees, which I just think is so fascinating. Like, does it does it it doesn't seem to take away from the magic of like the official tree, but it yeah, is an yeah. interesting energy to have like a goddamn decorated Christmas tree in your bedroom. That's so yeah. much. Yeah, that's my mini tree and I have mini ornaments on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's so sweet. I don't know how New Yorkers do this. How do you do it? Like you have a you have a full storage house, space. but like store right? Like oh, do you have it offsite? Yeah, I have a storage space because I have so many. I have my Halloween decorations, which are also crazy. And oh. for some reason, I started having a Super Bowl party. I don't like football. I hate football, hmm. and I don't like the players because a lot of them are rapists, but some of them are also murderers. And <laughs> I um and some of them are good people. Some of well, them are good people. Maybe, but they play for oh a terrible God. organization that yeah. likes to cover things up and treats dogs better than women. Because um, mm. did you ever notice that, like, when they when football players like beat their wives and shit, like they don't really get suspended, but they're like in so much trouble if like they beat a dog. <laughs> you know, like Michael Vick. Yeah. Although they yeah, did yeah, eventually yeah. let him to come back, I I think. But yeah, so I but I love the cuisine around Super Bowl. So I always have a Super Bowl party. And so I have all these friggin' Super Bowl decorations, too, which is so stupid. But yeah, I need a storage space. I love that we're going to make a lot of friends <laughs> in the beginning minutes of this podcast. If you're a football fan and you're still listening, <laughs> No, I think that's a good thing to reference, though. And it's interesting, like, the culture around the Super Bowl is something. It's the celebration of it all, right? Like, the festivity. Well, every year when I have the Super Bowl party, I research um, – all the players and there's a lot because there's like 53 on each team I think oh my god so I reach research all the players on the teams that are playing and the people involved in their team like the owners and managers whatever okay and um and then I write down who has uh domestic violence charges or rape allegations (laughs) and then I make a sign when you enter into my home (laughs) no (laughs) and so everyone knows just you know because I feel like I'd be um, irresponsible to not point it out to have a Super mm-hmm. Bowl party and not point it out. Mm-hmm. When the Kansas mm-hmm. City Chiefs played, kind of recently, that was a big one. They had a lot. Oh my god, it's like a fun little mezuzah that makes everyone feel bad. Real Debbie Downer about it. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> What's your favorite Super Bowl food to make and also partake in? Well, I do a snack stadium. So it's like a big thing with like, you know, uh, tiers that look like it. So I I fill all the different areas up. But my favorite thing is probably uh, onion dip. It's Guy Fieri's uh, recipe and it's so good. And then also uh, like buffalo, any kind of buffalo something. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anything buffalized. My friends bring stuff. It's kind of like a potluck. Wow. And I didn't know Guy Fieri made stuff that was edible. I just thought he was I like genuinely didn't know that. Like, does is he does he have like good stuff? Yeah, I mean good crap. Like good stuff that's not good for you. 
<laughs> right. Of course. Of course. But I didn't even know that it was delicious. I'm honestly surprised oh, by that. Oh, the French onion dip is great. Like you make it from scratch. It's incredible. Wow. Yeah. That's I amazing. Love it. Now, now my amazing. mouth is watering. <laughs> Well, listen, my mouth is wondering about some housewife shit that I want to get oh your my thoughts God. on. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're so in. I love Miami. Miami is mm-hmm. so good. It kind of it's it's a shame that it's just on Peacock. But I guess yeah. it's, it is a big pull for them, you know, mm-hmm. to get people to watch Peacock because it's so good. It's just kind of like fucking with me a little bit when I think of the fact that like you even though obviously you log into Peacock. You can watch it on your TV, but the fact that it doesn't air as a part of the Bravo schedule, I just feel like it shouldn't be an indicator of quality. And yet it is endlessly annoying that lesser shows, lesser seasons like Salt Lake still get the community support of people even engaging in like specific dialogue at a specific time. And Miami doesn't get that. I just I I wish we could settle on (laughs) on a time every Thursday when we watch it every I mean I watch it in the mornings on Thursday like I'm like oh it's on and I like you know I'm doing like chores you know putting the dishes Mm -hmm. away whatever while I'm watching it Mm -hmm. because like I'm just I can't I look forward to it so much I friggin hate Lenny I never liked Lenny but now I really hate Lenny like what an asshole oh my god I loved all the other women's reactions to Alexia's reaction they were so supportive but like how much they were like screaming like no no and he said that she had to go he wanted to kick her out of the house her and the kids and her kids and his mother his mother mother. I do think it's kind of sweet that that relationship with Lisa and the mother has like kind of come around and but it's at like this really late stage in the game but um you know he that the like midlife crisis thing is really real and Mm -hmm. um I haven't really experienced it because I've been divorced (laughs) so I don't have a man to do that to me and also I think it it comes like more in like the fifth when they're like in their 50s but like mm-hmm. I've heard from other women that it's like so real and it has nothing to do with their wives. It only has to do with them and their like body changes. Luann Delos Epps is like said that mm-hmm. she thinks it's like some kind of like hormonal change. Like they go through menopause or something and they they just they change their brain chemistry changes and not everyone, obviously, but like some guys. What do you think is behind that kind of hormonal change or spiritually hormonal change? Like what inspires a person to decide that their life isn't enough? Is that what it is that they need to mix it up? They feel stuck. What do you think is behind it? Yeah, totally. It doesn't surprise me that he did this to Lisa, you know, once she became a mother, you Mm -hmm. know, once that she has the kids and that's kind of a drag and it does, it, it affects your sex life, even if you have nannies and stuff. Um, and like, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot easier to be in a mansion and have a night nurse and they're on the other side of the house or whatever, like instead of like a New York city apartment where you don't even need a friggin' baby monitor because you can hear them in every, every place in the building. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but I, I think that, um, I think he just probably was because he was older when he married Lisa anyway. Right. 
like probably there's definitely an age gap yeah there's definitely an age gap well they've been married for what 15 years or something like that or together for 15 years together probably in her 40s he's definitely in his 50s yeah so I I think he was probably in his 40s when they got together yeah and um maybe late 30s I don't think he ever adjusted to not being a bachelor and they had no children for so long actually it is a little bit common in marriages when they're um without kids for so long and then they have kids it's almost like an atomic bomb is dropped on this relationship Mm -hmm. that had gotten into a groove and you know just hearing about these parties that he would have where he always wanted half naked girls I mean that's red flags all over the place but like he didn't want to he didn't want to let any of that go and Lisa used to facilitate it for him and she was you know I mean she's like a it just goes to show you, first of all, number one, which my mother always told me, you can never mm. depend on a man, ever. Financially, mm-hmm. ever, 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 you always have to have your own thing going on. It doesn't matter how much money he makes. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, it doesn't matter like what you look like and how much effort you put into how you look because this shit could just happen anyway. Like It's like, you know what I mean? Like Lisa's pretty much like physically what she's like a like a almost like a stepford wife but she has attitude like she's just physically probably like what a lot of like fembots would probably look like she's like what a man would like uh Pick. engineer his a wife to look right. like which is what Lenny did so that that like that's not even like there's just nothing it had nothing to do with her it's all him well, it's like the man's idea of a fountain of youth is just fucking somebody young. And with yeah. Lisa, I think it's a matter of of this young 20-whatever. It's not that she's better. She's just other. She yeah. is different from the wife who Lenny has been married to, noting that their marriage was built on a foundation of, like, whatever he wants goes, mm-hmm. which is so – it's so fucked up. I felt the same way. The way that she was crying to Marina and Marina – isn't that her – is that her yeah, mom? That, Marina, her mom-in-law's yeah. name. And knowing that, like, Lisa, too, also, I think, is estranged from her family, and which made the difficulty in navigating a relationship with her in-laws, I think, probably more complicated. And the fact that they've now – found each other seeing his ability to just instinctively even disrespect his mother is shocking but not surprising and then hearing her go and watch what happens and say listen you know she was on my side she was with me but at a certain point this is her only son so she's going to choose him just to me was so devastating because it doesn't feel surprising and yet they both deserve better than what he's able to offer, you know? Is he still with this other girl? I mean, yeah. I'm assuming that he – because remember when they came back the initial reboot season last season and they came back and Lisa was, like, doing a catch-up and she's like, you know, during COVID things got bad. Right. And he was he had having an emotional, an emotional affair. affair. He was mm-hmm. having – he was fucking someone else. He was – like, that's – He know? was emotionally putting his dick into somewhere exactly. he should have. <laughs> yeah. And – and it and I think actually the emotional part is even worse than the mm-hmm. physical part. So, but I think he was doing both, and mm-hmm. I think that there must have been they must have came to some kind of arrangement or something. And this just, I don't know. Maybe she always believed that it was just emotional. Maybe that's like a lie you tell yourself to get through it. Yeah, but I feel horribly for her 
and I, uh, I always kind of liked her. She was always spunky, you know. Yeah. She, she has has like a voice like a Powerpuff Girl, and <laughs> doesn't she? I don't know what the Powerpuff Girls sound like, but I'm extremely like into Lisa. that comparison. Okay, but I'm like into the, it. I'm into it. her voice always never seemed to match this like body like you would Im- mm-hmm. imagine this girl to, who looks like that to like be whispery talking like no this. I'm into but she's it. like, ah! like <laughs> she's like <laughs> you know what I mean she's just like she's like a firecracker in that way and I um I just feel really bad it's like that's got to be first of all so painful but secondly for it to be so public is so humiliating which is why it's so important that she while she was kind of going through the process of trying to understand this and opening up that the other women surrounded her with support and rage like there is nothing more powerful than seeing a woman feel free to express her anger and back it up and I just thought like that was what was so fantastic among other things with just the the group rallying cry and also the fact that some of these women have been through exactly what she has and I think of I think it was Adriana but it could have been Marisol in a confessional was like listen you didn't in talking about Lisa's like begrudging acceptance of these terrible parties Lenny would throw which were overwhelmingly filled with young women one of them one of in underwear, one of the cast members said in a confessional, like, you know, you said OK to this. I'm going to fuck this up. But it was like you said OK to, with this to make him happy. And guess what? He's now happy. Now he's happy. I think it was Adriana. Or, no, I don't know who it was. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Adriana or I think it was Marisol. Adriana. A- Adriana was was spitting knowledge. She was yeah. like she, <laughs> she was she really like, you know, she laid it down. She was like you know these guys they think that this is the way to be younger is to mm-hmm. be with someone else that's younger and like that's ridiculous but that's what they think I mean I worked an event for a billionaire in the Hamptons pre-COVID and I was under the instruction to like make sure that younger women would be let in and people would show up in cars and it was like And I would be texting with the billionaire of like, is so-and-so allowed in? Is so-and-so allowed in? And it was like older man and then very, very young women. And it just was, and you're in go mode. It's an event like any other. It's just about troubleshooting and, you know, figuring things out with security and whatever else. But it, it is sort of a little bit of a shock to the system when you see it play out in real time because... It's like the creation of this fantasy land. And maybe Lenny thinks that he can just extend that. And maybe this is what wealth and privilege and power buys in Miami, let alone literally anywhere else, is the ability to create your own fantasy. And Lisa's fantasy for Lenny just didn't become, it didn't continue, I guess, to be a a fantasy for him after a certain point and so he wanted to build a new dream scenario that's what to me it's like there's nothing I would think that's going to pop a person's bubble sooner than having kids they do not yeah uh 
exist in a world in which you can just expect them to stay quiet and do whatever the fuck you want. Like they, it, there is the sense that you hear from people of like how humbling the experience can be of having children, regardless of how much help and money and privilege that you have in that. And maybe that was a part of this too. He didn't have the fantasy life in terms of control, you know, when you have two young kids in the mix and this is Imagine his way of responding. Imagine how fast he would have out the door if she didn't have a surrogate, though. You know? And that whole thing was so terrible when it was like, if I can't, if I can't bear him children, it's done? Like, what the yeah, fuck? he was, like, really on her ass about that. And then as soon as, like, they did have the kids, then he's, like, not interested in, in parenting, really. Like, she does everything. <clears throat> At the end of the day, one person can never fulfill another it is not going yeah. to happen you have to find that fulfillment in your own life and in your own being it's just not going to happen and if that is the setup of their relationship and dynamics like there are people who are able to sustain this kind of arrangement for decades and decades and decades and maybe they're still together but you better believe that a part of that is one person adjusting to how another person feels fulfilled like it the setup of it is not supposed to be even or equal and I think that's why Lisa's struggling now because she's like wait a second so I literally don't have a say in any of this he yeah. it's so it's so interesting to see and by interesting I mean that's such a terrible use of the word but there is something to be said in like how quickly he takes back his property because in his head it it's was his. always only his to own because she was his she was his creation and this is his life it wasn't a shared life it wasn't them being partners it was just him like delegating like okay you have my kids you know you take care of this yep. so gross you know Nicole had the best advice and I really really wish that Lisa would have taken it when they were you know when she first revealed to them what was going on Nicole was like she was like call every lawyer and she starts mm. naming the firms she's like yeah put a retainer at every single lawyer because if you do that then when he, he tries to go get a lawyer he right. can't get a lawyer so mm -hmm. that was really good advice I wish she would have taken it and I hope that she's gonna get a good settlement I just saw that they had a joint Christmas party together I mean sorry not Christmas Halloween party together what the hell was that? So that just came up. I just recorded a Patreon episode with Katie from Bravo Batch. And I think she referenced that too. But I want to say that the Halloween party, wasn't it from 2021? I mean, I don't know. It could have been from, I really, no, I don't year. follow her. Yeah, I don't follow their goings on that closely. But maybe that had something to do with, like, maybe that was a rental. Maybe this is one of those things of, like, he still wants to, get income in to like help pay the mortgage or whatever else so they're still throwing these no. events no it no? was a, it was a joint party that he spent like five hundred thousand dollars on what and he's not giving because it was part of a uh it came out because it was part of a lawsuit or fight or, or like okay. part of part of lisa trying to get money in the interim he's not paying for food and diapers and right he cut off her credit thing. cards right so he so she was like he just spent five hundred thousand dollars on this Halloween Jesus. party like he has the money 
And um, he he came back. Actually, she said he spent $100,000 on the Halloween party because that's what she thought. He came mm-hmm. back and said, I actually spent $500,000 on that Halloween party. And Lisa invited 100 of her friends. So and it was like a joint party that they threw together. That's so what he said. Weird. That's really weird because this all the breakup and stuff happened in the beginning of the summer. So like six months later, you know, the thing is, it wouldn't surprise me if Lisa thought like, oh, maybe we'll get back together. Yeah. And that's why she did it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's dangled that. But I think she is out of the house now, right? I think she's still there. I think she said on Watch What Happens that she's still there. And I think maybe a part. No, I think he's somewhere else. And a part of that. I mean, we're going to see some of that awkwardness as the season goes on, but yeah, it's, I'm sure a part of that has to do with like stability for the kids, but it's also interesting to me in watching Lisa express, and I think true in, you know, I think this is very real to her. And of course it is shock that Lenny isn't prioritizing the needs of his kids, that he is not even thinking what will make them feel secure or stable. He immediately thinks, get the fuck out because I want to fuck this girl and I don't want to feel bad. And I just wonder to myself, this is incredibly um, cynical, but welcome to my brain. Like, why would she think he would ever prioritize his children? Like, what experience or what examples has he shown in the past where he is able to carry a heavy lift it, it, having kids does not mean you prioritize them it just means that you have them and now they're here I mean it doesn't surprise me that that's what he did but it's disgusting yeah it's it's but he's also like he's always been grimy Ugly. he has always been unattractive on in every sense on the inside and out in every sense of the word it's Lisa's position has always been essentially in trying to defend and market him as a better man than he ever was ever I know and the thing is is that like when she got with him I bet she thought this guy won't ever leave me like look at me look at him you know like it's it I think it might even sting a little bit more to have someone that's ugly do that to you you know what I mean like it might it might be because he's like he's honestly he's beneath her in a lot of ways. He's just an asshole, first of all. And secondly, he's like he's like slimy, you know, he's like, Eesh. but you don't you don't have to be conventionally attractive when you are offering and providing the kind of life that he does. It's just out the window I know, for I know. the man in that situation. I actually I think like even if it was a woman in that situation, there would still be a need for people to see that she was attractive. Even if she was like the sugar mama style taking care of and providing for someone, I think she would still need to be attractive to exactly. all men. A cougar. And a man, yeah. yeah, a cougar. And a man just doesn't have to, he just has to fucking write a check. And it's just... It's it, it. He's revealing himself in a way that maybe is a little bit of a shock to Lisa. But my God, I don't I don't know what's going to happen from this, but I hope she's able to. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what she's going to get. I'm nervous for her. I really am. Me too. Me too. Um, and he did take out a mortgage on the house. Larsa was right. Yeah. I mean, Larsa Secretly. is fucking. 
Larsa's the secret MVP of this season. I mean, she all really of these is. women, almost all of them are MVPs, but like Larsa's really fucking killing it. When she said to Lisa, she was like, listen, if you want my uh, the info for that guy at the bank, like, just let me know. And I'm like, Larsa's fucking on top of it. She knows exactly yes. what to do with whomever. And I would listen to her if I was Lisa. I would listen very closely. Lisa's name is not um, on the on- house. The house. And they had a prenup that said that she has to move out of whatever house Lenny buys. So I hope that that can get thrown out. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. 
Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Homethreads, love where you live. She should have had a clause in there for infidelity. How, what in what position she was probably using a lawyer that he suggested or maybe yes, using his exactly she's not nobody was thinking including her what do I need to set up it's just a matter of signing this thing so that we can get married no one mm-hmm. thinks that they will ever use this which is why they seem to be uh so leaning in the husband's favor or the person's favor who has you know the majority yeah. of the cash because no one is thinking of supporting or defending or protecting her interests everyone including the person signing this prenup just wants to make whomever in power comfortable enough to get married it um if anyone ever is presented with the with the situation of like cuz i was presented i mean i don't have a prenup but when i was uh you know divorcing my husband he like wanted Mm. us to use the same lawyer and we had a pretty amicable divorce you know like um Mm -hmm. we did a we did mediation you know instead of going at it with lawyers and fighting and all Mm -hmm. that stuff but he's we we still you still have to get a lawyer to like file and and whatever and I wanted a lawyer I wanted my own lawyer to look over the mediation agreement just to see if there was something I forgot or you know, something I should have looked out for, like never, ever, ever use the same lawyer as your spouse or ex-spouse, you know, especially when it comes to a prenup. Jesus. I mean, that was one of the things for many, many years I would have. My dad was a civil litigator the majority of his professional life. And that was I would always send him everything. And I never was in a position where I was looking at a prenup marital document. They would be Mm. so thrilled if I had gotten to that point in a relationship. But certainly even in very, very friendly circumstances when it came to any kind of legal document and those circumstances, when it's very friendly, that's usually when it turns extremely sour because everyone thinks it's friendly because you're going to sign this thing and support it and when you push back even in the most genuinely friendly respectful manner of like listen this language doesn't support you let's find language that supports both of us it's typically game over which is why having your own representation in legal matters whatever else everybody's really funny and and friendly when they want you to sign on the dotted line things change when you ask questions and that's I just I feel I bad know. for her and um you know what speaking of Larsa 
I find it really, really shocking when they will play old clips from season one of the show. And it's like, okay, you don't even look like you're blood related to that person. (laughs) You know what I mean? She doesn't look like that woman at all. Like at all, at all. I mean, I know she started like hanging out with the Kardashians and I'm sure was using their doctors. I mean, she looks just like Kylie when she smiles or laughs. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I thought she was a gorgeous girl before. I kind Mm -hmm. of like when people keep their ethnic noses. Um, I don't like when they, like, I I didn't like when um, Alexis um, Bellino Bellino got a nose job. I thought she looked, I thought it, like, gave her some, like, like a Roman characteristic. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, she looked more Mm -hmm. like a, she looked more statuesque with it. And, like, I just don't, like, I understand why people want to like assimilate and stuff, but um, Larsa made herself really cookie cutter and she just looks like a bunch of other women now. I mean, she looks good, but she doesn't look like who she used to look like. And she was gorgeous before. Yeah, I feel like that's just the that's like the new way that people are. I mean, I am lightly obsessed with the Kardashians. And when I look at Instagram stories of like, Kylie and her friends and they're all so young and I just maybe this is like granny style of me but I just am shocked at the kind of changes that they are making to their bodies at such a young age it just makes me sad and scared for them honestly if they begin with this in their 20s you have to where do you go from there right Well, you have to keep it up because when you are plumping your face and your ass and your tits Mm -hmm. you're stretching your skin and as you get older, your skin elasticity, especially for women, becomes shot. It's like, you know, old underwear, basically. <laughs> You're like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, time, yes, aging. <laughs> so you have to like, re- like continue to do procedures and things to yeah. like tighten it up and bring it up and make it firmer. And like, so starting at a young age is like not, I mean, I'm Kylie can afford it f- for the rest of her life. So whatever. But like. Yeah, they but also the thing is with them is that they use an insane amount of filters. Insane. Like even You mean like photo filters or or photo filters and filters, camera filters on their show. Like have you ever noticed how like blurred they are in all of their (laughs) in interviews? Like there was one scene where I thought it was actually really rude. It was like Chris was with the cousin Cece. And they were eating at a restaurant in Paris and you would, yes. they would show Chris and it was like someone had put Vaseline on the lens. It was like, <laughs> she was like an angel. It was like all soft. And then they cut to Cece and it's like hard and like sharp and you can see all the lines. And it's like, okay, if you're going to do it for the one gal, you got to mm-hmm. do it for there. It is very expensive to do like retouching after the fact mm-hmm. with video, but still that that is, it just makes it more obvious when you don't do the other person. Didn't they do that for Sarah Jessica Parker, the first season of the Sex and the City reboot? Wasn't there some whole thing? They were doing like, that at the at the end of the original Sex and the City. That's what it was. It could have yeah, been the end of the Yeah, and they were spending, OG. that like made the budget go up a lot. Oy vey. What a mess. I mean, it's just, I, welcome to Miami, I guess, is the yeah. Um, yeah. idea of it all. At, at least with some of these women it's at least we're kind of being honest about it which I appreciate oh I love that they talk about it because on a lot of the other seasons they really won't 
Like right. on Beverly Hills, they don't say shit about what Mm-mm. they get done. Every once in a while, they'll like they'll be like, "Oh, we're gonna go get some Botox," and then they'll show them mm-hmm. getting Botox or like a facial thing. But like Kyle has had a huge transformation. I mean, she looks great. She's had how many nose jobs and like her teeth done, and she's gotten yeah. like nips and tucks, and apparently she got mm-hmm. boobs put in and boobs taken out. So mm-hmm. she said it on um. Oh, and watch what on, happens, I want to say. Like, because Andy, like, mentioned No, it was on it. the beginning of the most recent reunion. Oh, got it. They okay, were like, it, oh, did it. you get your, did you get a breast reduction? She's like, yeah, I, I didn't need to be a double D. So I guess she had them put in and didn't like them and then had them removed or had it, wow. had them made smaller. But, um, yeah, so I love that they talk about that. And I love that, um, I, I'm very excited for Adriana's ass journey. And I'm glad that she asked. <laughs> for larsa to go on it with her (laughs) gotta go with the expert i want to see what that i want to see what that recovery is like because that's a bad recovery i would never get that surgery and i've had surgery and i would never get that surgery i would never um that that takes you out you know you can't sit on your tush oh did you yeah, I got one in May and no, in April. No, March. <laughs> I was on medication. Um, and that was hard. I had to like walk, walk hunched over for like a month. It sucked. Uh, Why walk hunched over? Because it's so tight. You can't, you can't oh, straighten. The like, yeah. oh my God. Oh my God. And so uh, it took me a long time. That, that recovery was awful. And I was thinking like, or my friend was like, can you imagine how, how often the Kardashians do this very thing. And I was like, I can't, this is awful. I'm never doing this again. This is, this is it. Like at the ass surgery, you can't, you have to be on your stomach. You can't even put a seatbelt on, on the way home from the, from the, uh, the surgery center. You have to be in like a mattress in the back of a van. And it's also like one of the most dangerous medical uh, plastic surgery procedures a person can have. It's it is not safe for some people to do it. Putting in putting in my doctor told me that like, (laughs) well, I I, I assume that you had me on because we were going to talk about. We will. Beauty lab and laser. (laughs) But my doctor. We're getting there. We're getting there. I have a lot of cosmetic. Not a lot of cosmetic. I have two cosmetic doctors. I have a dermatologist and I have a surgeon. And Love. I've talked to both of them extensively about all kinds of treatments because I'll read about things or I'll see things on TV and I'll be like, hey, what about this? And so I was asking my surgeon when I got my tummy tuck because my daughter was 12 pounds. So my stomach was. Oh, my God. I know. My stomach was crazy. <gasps> and I had a C-section. And so it went and then it healed kind of weird and just my stomach was just there was just like a lot of stomach left over you know what I mean it just didn't look right so I asked him I was like hey um what about doing like some fat transfer into my boobs and he was like fat transfer is not good they're discovering now that like once you inject it it could um what's the word like necrotize and it dies and then you can get really sick yeah, necrotize and necrotic tissue. And um, mm. so he was like, implants are better. So, but then implants in your ass actually aren't very good. Like that's, they can get dislodged. They can get moved really easily. And I've seen some bad ass jobs like um, where, you know, because if you don't have enough fat, they have to put in an implant. They can't transfer fat. So I don't know what Adriana's going to do. It sounds like she's getting an implant, but... Um, they don't always look so good. 
So I don't I don't really know. I, I wouldn't get my ass done because of that. I don't want dead fat on my ass and I don't want to like I don't want an implant in my ass either. I would think about it constantly. I would always think about it, you know, like when I'm sitting weird or whatever. I would it would just always be on my mind. <laughs> It makes me so it makes me so nervous, but I think I'm also like too neurotic and paranoid to go down many of those paths. You know, like the idea of doing a what a BBL. Like I just oh my god, not that I need it. I've got a tush, but um, I just I would I don't know I don't know. I think I'm too Jewish. I think (gasps) we we ask too many questions. I think I would just be like, I don't know about this. Although um, I at some point. If, you know, I can make it work financially in 10 to 30 years, do need to get a septorhinoplasty because I fell on my face during COVID. I tripped in my um, hallway. and for that? No, which is so weird. Although, no, I was asking my ENT about it. And you can get, I think, insurance covered for the septo part, but not Mm -hmm. the rhino. And you need to find someone who's like... I forget if it's like double board certified or something. I don't know. There's like a whole thing. And he was like, well, you know, I can go in there to do the septo and like change some stuff while I'm there. And I'm like, that doesn't feel like that's the kind of response. You want to go to <laughs> an artist. I want to move forward. Yeah, I want to go to an artist. But like the idea when you said ethnic noses, like there, there is, there are certain plastic surgeons that list that where it's like the idea of like, you know, there are people who have injuries or people who want to make adjustments, but they still want to look like themselves. And to me as a Jewish person, I've always had a lot of pride in the fact that I have a schnoz. So it's like, I mm. wouldn't want to lose that. And I also yeah. think when people look for the quote unquote perfect nose, a perfect, a, a whatever celebrity nose you like to put that on your face. Maybe that's not a good fit for your face. Like that's always the thing that makes me kind of cringe. Like Jen Aiden, look at Jennifer Gray, Jennifer Gray, but also Jen Aiden, that slope, the way that she, I was very upset when Jen Aiden changed her nose. She looks too different. Like, I don't like that ski slope thing. I love that her husband was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so but also, like, Turkey. she found a doctor over Instagram. Like, that doesn't seem... Yeah. I don't know. I You can find a doctor over Instagram, but, like, vet the fuck out of them before you move forward. And I don't think she did that. I think yeah. she was looking for a cookie cutter. And it's like, babe, you're missing a third of the cookie. Like, I don't know. I liked her nose before. I thought it was like, you know, and I've seen Jen in person several times, you know, mm-hmm. gone to interviewer and stuff and like I thought she was gorgeous like I yeah. thought she should she should have just stopped at the at the mommy makeover she shouldn't have done anything to her face I think when you do stuff yeah. to your face it's like you're not you anymore and I know that some people are like oh well you know I wasn't born the way that I want to look and that's fine mm-hmm. like and I you know and then there's also you know trans people have facial surgeries done like feminization surgeries or whatever I don't think there's any masculine surgery to do but um and I get that but Mm -hmm. you know just changing your nose so that you can look like other people like it wasn't I don't know maybe it's not to look like other people maybe it's because a person wants to look the way they feel they look yeah for themselves you know like it is it wasn't as pretty as a nose as the last nose for Jen, I'm saying. Well, that's, yeah, no, I mean, there's also, you know, trouble can lurk. Um, I do want to shift gears a little bit because I do think this ties yeah, let's in. let's talk about Salt Lake City. Um, with Salt Lake City because 
Listen, last week's Andy's Girls was recorded at the beginning of the week because welcome to holiday timing. And so we had a strong discussion about SLC. And I was saying how, you know, the season isn't that bad and there's still stuff to pull out from it. And then the new Salt Lake City aired and I was like, oh, this is fun how my entire being is being burned to the ground. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts and your reaction on Salt Lake City this season as a whole and also just the experience of watching the uh, most recent episode. Oh, I mean, I still am loving Salt Lake City. Are you? Yeah. I mean, they're 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 all fighting. <laughs> they're all yeah. it's well. all like chaos. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm bummed that Jen didn't go to the reunion. I really feel like she should have gone. Apparently she wasn't asked. Right. Is that what it was? She said that she wasn't invited. Then she was. Then she said, I'll go. Of course, she said, I'll go. She said, I'll go, but I can't talk about anything dealing with the case. And they were like, um, that's your storyline. And she had yeah. she was attempting to say she had an issue with them using the word storyline. But she said she couldn't she couldn't agree to those um, to that uh, possibility. So she declined attending. I mean, it wouldn't have changed anything because her sentencing is before that episode would ever air. So like, you know. She should. I'm mad that we're not going to get those answers. I'm mad the way that Mary didn't show up. What answers do you think we would have gotten from Jen? Well, I want to talk about Heather's eye. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Uh, I'm curious because wait. So you said the producers said that they don't know what happened. Page six reported because I posted this guys on IG. Yeah. Page six reported that production sources told them, aka somebody on the show or with the network, told them that production still doesn't know that Heather refused to tell them what happened um, and how she, uh, you know, what occurred that led to her having this black eye, and then the network um, declined to comment. So. I think that they know that's bullshit because there was a friggin' camera in her room that they showed us that they were teasing us with because I thought that for sure they were going to show us, you know, when they first aired like the trailer for the season and, you know, they had Heather's eye. Yeah, I I truly thought that they were faking us out and that like it was going to be something where like someone opened a door and she Mm -hmm. got hit with the door and I was like, oh, they're faking us out like whatever. But then when this happened, I was like. Uh, okay um why is Heather being so cagey so I know you said that there are theories out there that Heather had something done at Beauty Lab and Laser and that this was a reaction after Mm -hmm. and I've seen on online where people have been saying like oh this could happen after Botox that cannot happen after Botox at all like that's not the kind because you don't get Botox injected into the inner corners of your eye Mm. you get it at the outer corners and her she was really like dark on the like inside you know um Mm -hmm. but also it wouldn't take two days like we would have seen significant bruising when she showed up because how many did they have they have two sleeps or one between they had two sleeps I think so yeah so that would have been that they've she already would have had like significant bruising um if that had happened and then you can bruise from filter, but you don't get like a puffy giant thing like that. Like mm-hmm. I am not filter filler. I've bruised from filler before. I sent you the picture. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you did. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> and it does. It just looks like a regular shiner. It just looks like um, you know, I hit my face on something. It doesn't go to your eyelid because you don't really, unless you get blepharoplasty, which is eyelid surgery, which Ramona's had, um, oh. which is why her eyes are like. Rrr. Um, <laughs> you don't, nothing really happens with the eyelid. Um, I mean, unless I, I, yeah, I just can't, I just don't think that that's what it is. And also she had those scratches, but then also when she was like, we have to come up with a cover story to when Jen came in and Jen was a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> and I think that they must've, I think that Jen was probably like, you can't, say that this was me because she thought it would affect her sentencing that's what I think do you really think that Jen was involved in a way that was malicious and not in a way where something she like accidentally tripped her or something I don't know if it was malicious or accidental the scratches is what makes me think that maybe it it wasn't accidental uh because that's crazy but like they could have just been like wrestling like idiots too um but I think that either way they probably, uh, maybe she didn't want that. Then maybe it would look bad on her sentencing because I'm sure they're. I'm sure that the judge or whomever, I'm sure they're following this, or the the prosecutors are probably good. If they saw that, they would make recommendations for a higher sentence. Don't you think? Like that's what I think. I mean, I don't I don't know about the legal part of this. I do know that if Heather wasn't saying it was Jen to protect Jen, she's not protecting Jen by refusing to clarify that it wasn't Jen. Yes, which I think is a Heather kind of thing. I think that's a Heather kind of thing. I don't think it's it necessarily speaks well of Heather, but so much of this episode does not. The scratches, I initially was like, but there are scratches. So like there had to be some kind of scuffle. But you note that um, you notice when watching the scene that like Jen says like, oh, the bottom of your arm is lipstick. There is a weird way that Heather is turning to the camera and showing her arm and then and then, you know, pretending to like put her sleeve down Mm -hmm. so that people can't see this thing that she seems to want to make sure we're aware of and I just wonder like is that more lipstick like I don't I feel like there is the idea of um problematic responses to violence that and, and suspicion of people saying that they were attacked abused the victim of some kind of physical violence that I find so important to remember just in life, like that we should believe women. And the way that Heather is subverting that and making a mockery of it because she's trying to get viewers to believe that Whitney or Lisa were involved. She's trying to get people to believe that this is a massive conspiracy. She's trying to get people to believe that she doesn't know, but she does. She's trying to get people to believe that She's coming up with a cover story to protect other people and not herself. She's trying Mm -hmm. to get us to believe that not revealing what happened is a way of her protecting herself. She's trying to get us to believe that this is all a joke because she and Meredith repeatedly joked about it on the after show, which was incredibly gross. Oh, what were they saying? That um, she can't she has to decline answering information on the advice of counsel as if Meredith was her counsel and they refuse to say what happened. But they're giggling repeatedly, which is so cringe. Um, It just makes me look at Heather and I just kind of wonder, like, are you aware that you've done wrong? 
in in how she is trying to guide the audience to think something, it just makes me feel incredibly weird and gross and bad to see how she's responding and behaving. I just think, like, the editing, the way that, like, whenever they talked about it, they would cut to Jen and she'd just be on her phone or, like, be looking down awkwardly. Like, I think everyone knows it was Jen. I think Jen, I think the reason that Jen is looking down, like, the phone stuff is related to the SEC thing. But, like, I think the reason that Jen looks guilty is because Jen knows that no one hit Heather. I think Jen looks guilty because maybe she participated in it, but I think she Why? It's, she looks she's so quiet because maybe she feels like she can't act this out in the way that Heather is. I don't know. What um what so what do you think happened to Heather? I thought I watched the episode Wednesday night and like fucking rushed to the Patreon and did a one hour what the fuck where I kind of just like broke this down and also <laughs> broke down over just what the fuck I had just witnessed. And I thought at that point Jen was involved. And then I just kind of like settled into it and heard so many responses from other people, including people who um uh, are content creators who know more about like cosmetic procedures who said as you did that this wasn't um, likely related to one but then also screenshots people shared of the day before and two days before when her eye did look like something was happening like you know it had been injured or was reacting to something in some way I it's not it is not a matter of me knowing what happened as much it is it is an anger knowing what heather wants us to believe happened which i think is based on a lie to me jen could have been involved or may not have been involved but jen is aware that heather is lying and the lie is her repeated questioning other people's innocence and questioning their surprise it feels like she's gaslighting her cast and the audience and is treating everyone like a fucking idiot. But like, she does say, I don't want to say anything until that person, until someone else says something. So she says she's treating it like a game. She's treating it like Texas Hold'em. And then she talks about her own quote unquote theories, because I think that was her revealing the fact that her theory is based in bullshit. I think she used the term theory because it was a poor use of words, but maybe an honest one based on the fact that she is going to portray these alternate realities that didn't occur. And she wants to hear other people's first. Do you think she doesn't remember? No, I think she absolutely remembers, which she also told us repeatedly while also telling us she didn't remember, while also saying she wasn't going to tell the truth. She wasn't going to yeah, tell the truth of what happened because she was protecting herself. That I thought was the most honest thing that she said all episode. At the very end, there was a look in her eye where she's like, I'm not, I mean, LOL, I, where she was like, I'm not going to say what happened to protect myself and I was like that to me feels honest but I don't know that protecting herself is related to like really protecting someone else in the cast I think it is genuinely related to protecting herself hmm. I don't know I, I Jen could be involved but yeah she's involved she could be involved it's entirely possible she was involved but the thing that pisses the fuck out of me is 
Heather intimating that everyone in the cast knows what she said to them and then two seconds before or after says she doesn't know what happened and is intimating that there is a massive conspiracy because someone kicked the shit out of her when she's like what when the producer's like what do you think happened she's like she intimated that other people know Yes, she intimated that she's at the very the first minute of the episode is like uh, is her talking about the fact that she needs to protect the other members of the cast from what they did. She talks about that in front of them like, you know what happened. And then two seconds later is like, I don't remember what happened. It's it is completely psychotic. Well, Meredith then seemed like completely shocked. Because. Which goes, that would, to me, support the idea that the cast doesn't know what happened. And if they do, it's because she told them the morning after when she woke up and was like, oh, my God, my eye. And they knew, somebody knew that she was going to be lying about the the thing she's spinning about what actually occurred. The vast majority, I put up polls, the vast majority of people watching this are like something in the water ain't clean. Like there is something that Heather is doing that is not only suspicious, but like incredibly morally fucked. She literally said, like I started writing down some of her quotes and then I got tired because there was too much. Uh. She said, I don't want to get anyone in trouble unless someone wants to talk about what happened. We need a Mm -hmm. cover story. I think we all know what happened. What does it look like? Which is such a fucked thing to say to someone, my eye looks like I got into a physical altercation. So make your own conclusions, which I think is insane. Um, I think we know we just don't want to talk about it, which she said to the group, which is psychotic to say to these people who I think are being very honest in seeing her face and being like, what the fuck happened? And maybe someone clocked me, but we don't want to talk about it. Laugh. Um, well, apparently she's revealing who it is what happened in her book that's coming out in February which is so dickish and again makes light of like Heather is doing this thing that other people have genuinely done which is to add harm to the idea of not believing women and also the idea that like there's a nefarious intent in um why some people do not share that they are victims or survivors of physical violence like she's making light of it her some fucking person was like what happened to your eye which everyone is asking her on social media and her response is i'll write about it in my book if she was joking about that go fuck yourself if she was being honest about that go fuck yourself (laughs) to use the idea and the intimation that she was physically assaulted by her me- a member of her cast to sell her book like she's taking bad mormon so literally it's not even funny like I-, I don't know if this is who heather has always been and i was just lied to and a- allowed myself to lie to myself and thinking she was a better person than this but this is like one of the shittiest things that i have seen a housewife do in recent memory which i think is true regardless of what happened jen may have engaged in some kind of physical violence or some sort of accident or some sort of something and I'm not taking away from uh Heather Heather's reaction to that except to say that her reaction to it in pinning the blame on women who literally 
to me very honestly are expressing shock and concern for her. I think that's really fucked. Like she's talking about the idea of behaving in the way she is as a way to protect someone. But if she's protecting Jen, that doesn't give her the right to suggest that other members of the cast were physically violent to her. I think that is an incredibly poor taste. Who is who is violent? This the Other idea, than- the suggestion is that it was Lisa or Whitney by the process of elimination. She's not saying that about Meredith. And she's saying to the group, I Wait, think we Lisa know Lisa or we- Jen. What did I just say? Lisa or Whitney? Jen or Whitney. I think her behavior is leading us to believe that it was Lisa or Whitney by the process of elimination. She's not suggesting it was Jen. She's not suggesting it was Meredith. In group settings, after she met separately with, um, oh God, their fucking names, Meredith and Jen, she's suggesting, I think we know, we just don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. I don't think she would say, I don't want to get anyone in trouble in talking directly to Jen unless she's trying oh, to cover for Jen. But regardless- I think that she would. I think she would say that, like, I think that was her invitation for Jen to just come out and say it. And then when Jen didn't. Oh, okay, Yeah. When Jen didn't, then she was like, all right, I guess we're going to go with this. And I think, I mean, I don't know if it was. I I firmly believe that it was Jen. Jen hit her. Then I don't know if they got in a fight or if they were just wrestling and fucking around, being weird with their boobs. Weird. (laughs) Out. (laughs) wearing wigs with their tits out um but I think that that was her way of that's why I think she called Jen over first and was like we have to come up with a story and and then was like unless someone wants to say what happened blah 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 and then Jen was like silent so that's what I think it is and I think that she is holding it until after the uh sentencing which is in a week it is right? entirely possible. Weeks. Yeah, no, Jan 5. Yeah, next week. I it is in at Jan 6 rather. It is entirely possible that something happened with Jen, which to me is not an excuse or explanation for her being incredibly manipulative in trying to shift blame to innocent women in her cast. And I also think if you were physically assaulted by a member of the cast, you and production have the responsibility of finding out who was involved so they can be escorted home. Like Kelly Clorin Ben Simone was escorted back from Scary Island by a producer who sent her back on the plane because they were so concerned that she was unwell. And you are telling me that there may have been a cast member who physically assaulted someone else in the cast and we're supposed to believe that production doesn't know with the liability involved in that that is the stupidest thing I have ever heard and if production really Uh doesn't know what happened to me that is because they they're not pushing because they know that this is somehow not the truth like if production really didn't push and close filming they they saw her eye before she started filming they didn't knock on her door in the morning with the crew and have her answer with sunglasses and then not see what was behind it she's you don't get to surprise crew and production that way like you know they there's no way for them not to know I think for a liability reason but regardless if Jen was involved and wasn't immediately escorted home there is something incredibly incredibly wrong in that there's something well, incredibly fucked. I think that might have something to do with um, Jen not being invited to the reunion. But she, but she's saying 
she I think that her not being invited to the reunion had initially had everything to do with her change of plea, which is why she wasn't invited to BravoCon. And then at some point they decided to um, invite her after all. And she wouldn't agree to the terms that they set. But it doesn't make sense because Teresa pled and she went to the reunion. She went to everything. That's a that is a question of the way of like pleading guilty to a crime that some people felt was passive. It it only happened because she signed fraudulent documents that she probably wouldn't have signed, except that her husband was like, sign this so that we can get whatever versus a decade plus long grift that involved specifically going after vulnerable communities and being at the very, very top of a federal investigation. It's to me like apples and felons. Like there's no way Uh, to compare the two. If you have a rule, then you have a rule. They don't have a rule. Of course they don't have a rule. It's different in, you know, the government's eyes. The government's eyes, Teresa and Jen are pretty much the same. They both pled guilty and they both had to serve time. So it's like, I think I think it has to do I really do think that initially we all thought oh um she's not invited because she pled guilty and I think maybe she had gotten they maybe have decide had decided to not renew her contract after the the mm-hmm. eye incident and it was conveniently covered by her her guilty plea and all that mm-hmm. stuff that's that's kind of what I'm thinking because um you know punching someone like that that was bad. Like that wasn't just like trying to, you know, shift someone's wig. <laughs> that was like, that was pretty bad. So, um, I don't know. I think that, uh, I think that Heather has this like weird, you know, she has a weird toxic relationship with Jen where she like feels like she has to be loyal to her. But at the same time, she does want, everyone to know that Jen is a piece of shit to her you know like is because if she was really loyal she would behave a little bit differently and but I don't expect her to be loyal that's the thing is I don't expect her to like she shouldn't be loyal to Jen Jen sucks Jen is a terrible person and she's just like she's just like a ball of anger to me like she's just like a round ball little package of anger that uh, is just running around pissed off and yelling and screaming at people I always think of her always 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 think of her screaming at coach's birthday party when Mm. they were uh, the first season right that was Mm -hmm. the first season and she was dressed like Beyonce like I always think of that like she looked scary like when she was going around and screaming and then of course when the things leaked about her screaming at her staff Mm -hmm. like she has a a temper so it wouldn't surprise me if she's the one that that punched Heather at all I feel like there have been people myself included who at one point felt like the Heather and Jen relationship was the exception to the rule for who Heather is as a person who were willing to give her the benefit of the doubt connected to her idea that you must stay with and defend someone at all costs and whatever else and it's like the more I really truly watch and observe her behavior the more I'm like maybe it's not the exception to the rule maybe it's just an example of who Heather is because I think so much of her behavior this episode her behavior on social her 
behavior on the after show to say that I'm going to talk about who fucking hit me to make to continue to believe that this is a joke. She's reposting jokes that people are making about her eye and is obviously not acknowledging the vast majority of comments that are being left that are like, what the fuck? Like there is the very distinct possibility she is never going to actually share what happened which leaves the door open to believing that someone attacked her and maybe a person did and maybe they did not. And I think if you're on a reality TV show and you are behaving in the way that she did on the last episode, which was to give 75 different answers and then joke about it, I don't think there's anything funny with this. And I don't think it's an example of someone making light as a way to just kind of process what happened. Oh, you don't? Because I think so. I think she's mocking us. I think the way that she is responding and talking about the fact that this is a conspiracy by the cast, by other members of the cast who don't want to talk about what happened when all they are asking is what happened. I think that's there's something very fucked there. And I think that she has the responsibility to share to the other members of the cast if a member of the cast physically assaulted her, because who's to say that Jen wouldn't do that to one of them? I think there is something really, really dangerous, not only about the way that she is describing what happened, the way she is describing what not, but the blame she is shifting on other people who to me are innocent parties. Obviously, we want to know what happened to her because I think there is genuine concern there. But also, what did she do after that? There are no good answers to that. I think there are obvious ones. And I think the idea of her making light of it, her being manipulative, her lying, her changing the story over and over and intentionally saying, like, what do you think happened? That's that is psychotic behavior. I think it's it is in such poor taste that I think it's taking people aback who did not know that this is maybe an example of who Heather is. You cannot watch that episode and tell me that her responses were okay. And I feel terrible saying that out loud. I feel like almost embarrassed, but I'm embarrassed for her because I feel like she's being incredibly manipulative. Yeah, I don't know. You cannot you cannot suggest that Lisa and Whitney were involved repeatedly and suggest that this is a massive cast conspiracy and then not tell us what happened. That is unwell behavior. I didn't get that she was blaming it on Lisa or Whitney. Like, I didn't pick up on that at all. I, I just thought, I thought to me it was just so obvious it was Jen that she was, you know, not, that, and she just wanted to, like, protect her. If that is what she was intending to say, then she was trying to cast her cast as co-conspirators and saying they know what happened, but they don't want to talk about it. She's leaving the door open to shifting attention away from who did it as if to say that, well, a part of who did it is who saw it happen or witnessed it or maybe did it and is lying now. Mm-hmm. She's trying to say that the rest of her cast are liars when it comes to this. I guess I wasn't watching closely enough. I just maybe just in my mind. Um, what has Jen said on social media? I don't know. She's doing fucking glam shots and whatever. Oh, she said um, she said some sh- fucking shit on Twitter about like Whitney being a Jan six uh, person and yes. that Whitney can go fuck herself for suggesting Jen was involved. But it's like, babe, like everyone is suggesting you were involved. Yeah, the vast majority right? of people on social media believe that Jen was involved. Yeah, I don't put anything past her. I think she's a rotten egg. 
So like it is entirely possible she was involved, but Heather not telling us to me opens the door and Heather's strange behavior on the after show and making light of it and Meredith making light of it. Like, my God, Meredith looks not great in the the sea change of Meredith saying, I want to keep you safe to like joking about it with Heather is nuts to me. So I don't know even what to say with that, but like the continued jokes and not saying anything. I don't know. And selling your book. You're going to sell your book hmm. through this. Well, who else would have bought it if <laughs> she hadn't teased that? I mean, who wants to read that? Not me. Is this who Heather is? She was the voice of the audience. And now the voice of the audience is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Maybe it was Dorit's burglars who did it. Maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, yeah, I don't know. I... I just definitely don't think it was Beauty Lab and Laser. That's my two cents. I hear that. I also wonder, how did you feel about Heather's reaction? Like, what did you, so you said that you weren't, you didn't necessarily clock some of this or that you thought it was more connected to Jen stuff, right? I just thought it was all Jen. I, I Maybe I just, because I had made up my mind, I didn't really pick up on her, like, trying to blame anyone else. Um like, I think in the way it was edited, we mm. were questioning whether it was, especially leading up to it in other episodes when they were, like, coming up or whatever, um, that maybe it was Whitney came to her door late at night to have a discussion. Oh, yeah, because she also said that when someone comes to your door and knocks on your door, don't answer. Yeah. But so that then I was, when she said that, I was like, oh, maybe someone tried to, like, they opened the door and she like got smacked in the face because, you know, she was mm -hmm. drunk. It looks like a, it, it really does look like that kind of injury that like mm. she could have gotten really like hit in the face with the door really hard. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely don't think that Whitney, Lisa or the other two girls were involved whatsoever because they weren't even partying with them. They were they, they all like went to right. bed. I'm shocked that Meredith was there. I'm. Like they were, they were. Is there a time difference between Utah and California? Oh, I think there is. I think there's an hour long time difference, but also I can absolutely go stay fuck up myself. I have no late. idea. Yeah, I until like four fifty. <laughs> I mean, and be refreshed to film the next day. My God, no. And you know that they like their call time was probably early as fuck. I can't. You know what? Honestly, I can't get over this. I'm so upset. <laughs> I I know. I don't. I won't. I won't rest till I know what it is. I went back um, after you said like, oh, her eye was messed up in earlier episodes. Mm -hmm. um, so I went back and I watched. But I just. I really do think it was just messy eyeliner. It was just kind of. Oh, that could have been it. it was, yeah, that 100 percent could have been it. Because it was smudgy on the other eye too, and she kept rubbing her eyes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, and then um, as far as red eyes go, I think they were all high. The whole time they were in California. Not all of them, actually. I think some of them. Whitney, for sure. Jen, for sure. Were, I think, were partaking in edibles. And also um, Heather. Wouldn't you think that one of the conditions of Jen's, like, bail or bond or whatever would be, you know, not doing drugs? But it's not drugs if you're in California. Oh, in California. But yeah. I would wonder. I thought she also, like, or, or maybe this is... Because I was, um, I sat in on like the conference call, whatever, back in the day mm -hmm. when it was her hearing. And um, 
and I could have sworn there was something about alcohol on there. Like maybe it? not. I mean, she's been getting fucking wasted. I know, and I'm like, wait, isn't that like not great? Or is there an exception to it if it's for work? But like, how do you even have that conversation? Of like, <laughs> work is forcing to me to, to binge work. drink, right? Like, it's, it is. But it's I but don't yeah, know. weed wouldn't count because it's um it's uh, recreationally legal in California and in New York, and if you can prove that you were there when mm. uh, you did it, then, you know, if you have, like, flight information or whatever, then you that's fine. So putting aside whether Jen was involved, because I really have no idea, and honestly, she could have been. Like, I'm not saying it def- she definitely wasn't. I'm just saying, like, I'm much more concerned and horrified with Heather's behavior the day after, you know, because I don't know what happened the night of. Like, how do you feel about Heather? <laughs> Like, how do you uh, now? feel? I mean, yeah. you know, I I did always kind of think that Heather was the um, sort of the Greek chorus but mm-hmm. in, in seasons past. But um, her friendship with Angie, the other Angie. Um, H. Is that the bad Angie? Yeah. <laughs> her friendship <laughs> with her <laughs> and uh, – just how she's being weird to Whitney when Whitney's like, I was like molested. Um, and it's just been a different side of her, I guess we're seeing. I don't know. It's, um, but a lot of times, and Alex McCord said this, she said mm. the reason why they were a lot more likable in like season two or season three, she and Simon, she said it was because you're seeing more of them. So you're not just seeing like mm. this, like edited down version of like, you know, however many minutes for the whole season, you're you're getting more pieces and a fuller picture the more mm-hmm. the season goes on. So I think that's probably what's going on with Heather. I think that's what happened with Lisa Vanderpump, too. Yeah, I think it's the benefit of time. Would you like if Lisa came back? Vanderpump? Yeah, to Beverly Hills. Um, I would. I, I would welcome it. Yeah, I think it would be great. I, th- I wonder who her – that would be interesting – I wonder who her ally would be. I guess she would. Kathy. Kathy. And I think that like Sutton and Garcelle maybe. Or maybe they yeah. would just like be a little Switzerland on that. Oh, yeah, Garcelle, be because it. Garcelle's son works there. Oh, Pump, right, 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 right. Pumper, sir. Uh, um, one of the two. Is that coming back? Is is Vanderpump Rules canceled? No, it's coming back. Oh, it's coming back. Okay. I have uh, no idea when and I didn't watch last season. I just watched the reunion. Because I heard it was I, That's what I did with uh, Southern Charm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did I watch? Did that stop? Is that done? <laughs> Is that I don't, I think like, I don't still even going. know. I don't, I don't, I don't even like know. those people. I, I super don't like those people. And I used to, like, enjoy hating them because I enjoyed mm. hating Thomas Ravenel until it got too gross. And yeah. then I just, I don't like Shep. And uh, I, I just don't, I don't like the guy with the pillows I don't like I don't and I don't like his pillows. I think they're stupid and they're way they're expensive. They're not cute pillows. They're not no, cute pillows. They're too expensive. And then no. um yeah, so I uh I don't know. I I I'm not interested in that. I I didn't watch Winter House because I don't care about those people. Uh I don't think they're mm-hmm. And the thing is is that like I I they're not as like stupid fun as uh Vanderpump rules because mm-hmm. they were like kind of like idiot model actors wannabes and in mm-hmm. and trying to make it you know in Hollywood mm-hmm. and Southern Charm was just like people who had money from their parents and didn't have to have jobs 
And that's just like, for me, they weren't, they just weren't the characters I'm interested in. Yeah. No, I, but I I, will watch, I'll watch any reunion. I'll probably watch reunions of shows I've never even seen just because that's how, that's how I got into Potomac because Potomac started and for whatever reason, I think I was like too busy with work or whatever. And I didn't get to watch Potomac at all. And Mm. the first season. And then I watched the reunion and I was like, oh, I got to watch this show. So then I got like super into it. How are you feeling about, I know we have to wrap, but how are you feeling about um, Potomac this season? Loving it. Loving it. Loving, right? Yes, absolutely loving it. I, you know, Mia is bringing stuff I didn't think she would. And Mm. there's like something that's like so freaking shady and weird about her, but also at the same time, fresh. (laughs) Like it's fresh. And, um, I just love that Peter is involved in a drama again. <laughs> Do you? Do you? <laughs> Patricia. Oh my God. It's just so weird. Um, and I love Wendy. I love Wendy. She Do might you? be. Uh, yeah. And I, I actually love all those women. All yeah. of the like. I, I do. I really do. I love I love Ashley Darby. Love mm. Karen. Um, mm. Giselle, even though she's absolutely evil for no reason whatsoever, I love her. Like, yep. she's just like Reverend Lovejoy's wife to me. Like, you know how like Reverend Lovejoy's wife is like a total bitch? Like the pastor's wife is a bitch. That's Wait, her. who's Reverend Lovejoy? Is that Oh, in The Simpsons. Oh, my God. Of course. Of course. Oh, my God. I'm a, I was <laughs> and raised her in the wife, family. His wife is always mean to Marge. Like, she's oh, always yeah. like condescending backhanded compliments and things like that and then um and Robin you know I just I like I love when Robin was like <laughs> she's like who is she talking about was it Wendy no it was Candace she's like I don't know why she's being a butthole <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah my whose um podcast live show would you rather go to Giselle and Robbins or Karen's oh I think probably Giselle and Robbins. It just seems like it would be a little bit more lively. And yeah. when there's two people on stage talking to each other, who's Karen going to talk to? I don't know. The preview of her live show experience looks a little Can I go to both? lightly tragic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Choose both. I mean, when in doubt with Potomac, choose both. Listen, Tracy Morrissey, what an episode. I still, I feel like I have <sighs> questions. I just don't. I have questions and I just when I Heather's book comes out let's reconvene yeah <laughs> on Andy's girls and mm-hmm. I will read you passages because I'm not above you know um buying the the ebook and then just searching for I, I you know I knew a sound guy who worked on that show briefly I wonder if he like worked on any of this season I should text him and be like hey Salt Lake <laughs> yeah he's from Utah and then I had to go film something in Montana and um, he was they uh, the crew was from Salt Lake. It was like cheaper to fly them in than you know L.A. Mm-hmm. or New York. And uh, I was when I was sitting there with them, I was like, "Have any of you guys worked on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City?" And they like all rolled their eyes. And the sound guy was like, "Yeah, it was the worst job I ever had." And I was like, <laughs> "Why?" <laughs> he did Lisa Barlow's interview, and it was like all day. And he said that they that the producers literally just have them repeat lines back and that they don't write any of their own funny stuff which how recent was this this was a year ago it was in october of 21 
Okay, I'm going to need you to contact him and say, listen, listen, guy, I don't know if you yeah. worked on this season, but you surely heard something. What the fuck yes. happened to Heather's eye? I'm going to need gotta you to There's got to be a sound guy or a makeup artist somewhere that knows that can tell us. Right? But don't you think there's a reason that nobody has leaked? Don't you think that there is a reason no one has leaked? Because maybe there might not be something to say. There might be nothing. But even if it was nothing, they should still say that. I know, which is why it's so fucked that Heather has responded in the way that she has. I wonder how long it took for that to go down. <clears throat> what? Whatever happened to her eye? Yeah. That looked like it was going to take a long time. Oh, you mean like healing? Yeah. I don't know, but I need to heal from this week. I don't know about you. I just like whatever aloe vera, if she has a spiritual version of that, like, please Amazon Prime it my way. Mm. Listen, Tracy Morsi, you know, I'm obsessed with you. You know, I could talk to you mm. forever. I'm so glad that we deep dive Miami and guys go to the AG Patreon. There's an hour plus episode up now. A lot to say about Salt Lake City and Miami. We didn't even get into the Oive Alexia comments about Russian women, which was so fucked. And I get into that on the Patreon, guys. Um, It didn't come up in our conversation about Lenny and plastic surgery. I don't don't know how. There's (laughs) such a through line. Of course, there is not. Um, But we get into that on the the Patreon episode because that's a conversation that needs to happen, too. Um, What the fuck? I forgot about that. There's too much going on with Lisa. There's too much going on. It got, it did get buried. And um, I don't know, somehow that is uh, Heather's fault. So listen, Tracy Morrissey, <laughs> tell the folks a little bit about pot psychology and of course what they can find on pipedreams.fun. Um, it's the show where my friend Rich and I just talk about stuff. <laughs> we, I do a lot of deep dives. Um, I did a deep dive on Elon Musk last month. I did one on mm. uh, Christy from Intervention. Uh, she, do you remember her? Crystal Christy? Mm-hmm. She was from the second season of Intervention. I followed up to see where she is now. Uh, I, I do that kind of stuff. We talk a lot about pop culture. Love that. And PipeDreams.fun. Yeah, buy your smoking accessories and funny shirts and things of that nature. Mugs, other Mugs. items, all of which are beautifully designed and many of which also have an LOL. yeah they're like corporate um I would design them as like corporate swag from movies that you love mm-hmm. so like don't tell mom the babysitter's dead there's a GAW mug uh working girl there's a Trask Industries mug uh big business there's a more max mug so it's stuff like that I love that and guys speaking of things I love join the AG Patreon number one way to support the pod season a given Two new episodes up on the Patreon now, an hour-plus reaction to Salt Lake City episode, as well as a live reaction to the New Jersey trailer, and a new episode talking about Salt Lake in Miami with my pal Katie from Bravo Betch. Those are both hour-long eps. And speaking of episodes, got a live show coming up with Ooh. friend of the pod Ryan Bailey online with Moment. Uh, that will be Thursday, January 5th at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, night before Jen Shaw's sentencing, which I hope to attend. So that <laughs> is going to be a spicy episode and, of course, exclusive to Moment. So get your tickets. It's now $12 at moment.co slash Andy's girls. It's going to be super fun. Um, as was this episode. Oh, Instagram at Dame Galley. 
Did you say your Instagram handle, Tracy Morrissey? Tracy Morrissey at everything. Tracy with an IE. Yes. Do not forget the IE. Not to be confused with why, as in why is Heather lying to us, which is a conversation that will continue. (laughs) Guys, on that note, hope you all had a great holiday season. Looking forward to the new year and also your thoughts on this episode. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. 